0: What will everyone say? How many times have you allowed this thought to stop you from being you? How many times do you have this thought in a day, in an hour? That would be brilliant to start to be aware of to help grow your awareness. I love this quote from Christine Kane. It reads, until we care more about what God thinks than what other people think, we are never truly free. Personally, I I fully believe this and I've experienced this in my own life. The more I grow in reverence for the Lord, fear of the Lord, the less fear I have for man. I've also done a lot of work over the last few years to break the fear of man, especially codependency in my own world. And I am just blown away by how how much freedom you have, how much peace you have. You get clear on the direction of your life and what God wants you to do in your life. And I just think it's really exhilarating to just be yourself, like authentically how God designed you with less and less toxicity. That's just me personally. Welcome back to The Liz Show. I'm your host, Elizabeth Lewis. Going to be honest, recorded this a few times already. A little groggy this morning, but with the grace of God, we're going to get through this. More importantly, I pray that you get some strong takeaways to shift your mindset and your thinking. Today, we're talking about the big question, uh, what will everyone think? How many times has that question stopped you or delayed you from doing the Father's will in your life? I don't know about you, but it's definitely delayed me in my life. I can think about a handful of things. Uh, I actually became a model and an actor professionally as a child, and that question would stop me there. The other thing is I'd have my doctorate in psychology, but I listened to other people, and God's redeeming that, praise the Lord. But it's interesting how that question will really paralyze you and cause you to become a chameleon. How many times have you allowed the fear of social stigma, feeling like you needed to gossip so you can fit in, or allowed the what-ifs to interfere with God's plans for your life? Totally guilty of this, too. Praise God for Romans 8.28, where it says, all things work for those who love God, right? So he will redeem it. But it's real. And I think it's a very common question that we can quickly have run through our mind, especially if you struggle with fear of man. And this is where you make humans your God. And here's the thing, every human being minus Jesus on planet Earth experiences fear of man because it's part of the human condition. It's what happened when Adam ate the ap- the apple or the fruit, I don't really know, when Adam ate the fruit. the fruit. And unfortunately, it's part of the human mind, but you can break it. You can get free from it. God will renew your mind. And the more you work with God, the faster this will happen. That's at least my opinion and what the Bible says. So I think that's really cool. I mean, Jesus didn't struggle with it, and he is the perfect example of how we can be as humans. And so I take a lot of hope from that. But did you know that Joseph also struggled with this same question? Since the holidays are upon us and a lot of sermons and biblical stuff during this time period really is so Christmassy, Which, slight tangent, it kind of annoys me, all the Christmassy stuff that happens in um, the month of December. I I know that might sound insane, but so much of what Christmas is for the Christian is pagan, and it drives me nuts. I just find it annoying. That's just my, my, my little tangent, you know, vent session, I guess, there. Struggling with words today, so give me grace. I just find it really frustrating that you get the same stories almost every December about Jesus. And they're important. I'm not trying to dismiss the importance of it. I just um, sometimes wish there could be like less paganism tied to it or a different viewpoint or a little bit more truth. Like we don't really know when Jesus was born. We've just somehow chosen December 25th. I I, I just find it all interesting. Anywho, back to today's today's um, podcast. So did you know that Joseph struggled with this same question of what will everyone think? Imagine what would have changed if Joseph, Mary's husband, and Jesus' stepfather cared more about what others thought than God. I really like this angle today because we usually hear more about the birth of Jesus during this time period, you know, the Christmas holidays, and we don't really ever talk much about Joseph. Joseph doesn't get a lot of attention, at least in my experience. So let's give Joseph some attention. What do you say? Matthew chapter 1 verse 18 tells us that Mary was Jesus's mother. And if you have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you already know this joseph was not his biological dad and we read that in matthew 1 and joseph needed an explanation for such a reality to understand this truth it's important you first understand the traditions involved in ancient jewish marriage as marriage back then was very different than how it is today and it's important to remember the cultural context when you read the bible because it can help you better understand what the word is saying The Bible was not written for modern times. We can apply it to modern times, but it wasn't written for modern times. Two families would agree to union and negotiate the marriage, including the price for the bride, which the bride's father would pay. Next, an announcement was made. Then the couple would pledge to one another similar to an engagement, but much more binding and serious than how we see engagement in today's world. The only way a couple could break the pledge or engagement, as we would know it, was through death or divorce. So these pledges were very, very serious. Again, way more serious than they are today. If you're wondering, at this point in the marriage tradition, sex was still not permitted yet. If you're wondering, at this point in the pledge, in the marriage tradition, sex was not permitted yet. Now... I'll tell you, the more I read the Bible, it's interesting, sex before marriage, there's different theological viewpoints. But I do believe sex before marriage was not something Jesus encouraged, and we can kind of take that when we look at a high level. But I'm going to let you make your own decisions on some of this. Now, the pledge or engagement would last a year, but the couple would live with their parents separately. The waiting period demonstrated the bride's purity. If the bride was found pregnant during this period, the marriage would be annulled. Otherwise, they would marry and live happily ever after. Just kidding, they would just live together. Marriage is hard, relationships are hard. If you're married, you probably know this. Did you ever consider the scandal of Mary's apparent unfaithfulness created for for Joseph? Have you ever thought about that? Ever thought about the drama, the heartache, the emotional pain? Let's look at Matthew chapter 1, verse 18. It reads, Now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. When his mother, Mary, had been betrothed to Jesus, before they came together, she was found to be with child by the power of the Holy Spirit. Note that this verse says she was found with child. This indicates that Mary may not have told Joseph immediately, but waited until her pregnancy was visible. Just imagine that. Okay, if you're in a serious relationship, if you've ever loved somebody, just imagine the pain of something being kept from you like this. Let's continue. Now, the writer, Matthew, continues in this verse by removing any potential doubt you might have of Mary's purity. He explains that Mary was pregnant through what? The Holy Spirit. In the Old Testament, you have to remember that the Holy Spirit acted on God's initiative, and we read this in Genesis 1-2. And Luke chapter 1 verses 26 to 38 also speaks of this divine initiative in Mary's conception. So we know Jesus came from the Holy Spirit and Mary. Okay? He's fully human. He's fully God. It's amazing. Matthew chapter 1 verse 19 says, And Joseph, her promised husband, being a just and righteous man and not wanting to expose her publicly to shame, planned to send her away and divorce her quietly. What a respectful guy. He didn't have to do that. He didn't. He could have done worse things and been less humble and righteous and kind. Joseph thought the only thing he could do was to leave Mary. That was the only way he saw out of this situation, out of this pain. And I think this is a great area just to stop and press pause for a second and reflect on how many times have you in your personal life not seen any other way out in, in a situation? How many times have you not seen any other way of handling something, but in a worldly way where you could only do what the world said you had to do in that situation. And then all of a sudden God came in and just blew your socks off or did something unexpected and miraculous. I've had this happen a few times and I'd love to hear if you've had that too. God often shows us we have way more options than we may consider or even see when we go to him before moving, before trying to handle it on our own, which is why God needs to be the counselor of every decision you make in your life. And if you aren't there yet, great. Make that popcorn prayer right now and say, Father God, help me to go to you for every decision I make. Sometimes I ask God, where should I eat? And I can't tell you how many free meals I've gotten when I've asked God, where should I eat? And he leads me to a place and they like forget our, um, our food. And so we end up getting free food. Anywho, at this point, Joseph did not know what Mary knew. And he thought there was no way out but doing things the world's way. He didn't consider to go to God, right? It was different back then too. Now, an angel had yet to appear to Joseph in this moment. So Joseph planned to divorce her or quietly dismiss her. We weren't really sure which one, but he was planning to leave her. But guess what? God helped Joseph make the best decision, not a good decision, not an okay decision, not even a great decision or a best decision, but the best decision. This is the power of God. Before we get to that, I want to, I want to highlight something for you. I want you to really think of the emotional pain Joseph may have been experiencing. I think it's fair to believe and, and speculate that he was in a storm. He was most likely crushed and deeply hurt. I mean, he believes Mary had cheated on her. He believes that Mary had cheated on him. That's painful. If you've ever been cheated on, if you've ever lost somebody that you love or cared about, or planned to spend your life with, think about that emotional pain. I think it's really easy to omit the emotional pain and the emotional storm that Joseph, w- Joseph was in. Not just the fact that, man, this woman that I'm gonna marry is now pregnant by somebody else, but also, crap, what is everyone gonna say? I mean, think about how small the town is back then. Joseph is in this storm. And here's what I want you to understand. God knew he was going to go through that storm long before Joseph did, which is why God planned for victory to happen for him in that situation. It's just, what, it, it's just like what Psalms 23.5 says. You, God, prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. God has already planned a victory in every storm you go through, but you have to trust him and keep your eyes on him. There is a verse in Proverbs 3, 5 that says, trust in and rely confidently on the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insights or understanding. When you're in a storm, stop trying to understand why you're in the dang storm. God does not say, trust in me, rely confidently and you will have understanding on why I do what I do. No, he never says that. He says, trust me, Constantly hold on to me and I will take you through this, but it's not going to necessarily make sense to you. So stop trying to have understanding. So my point is saying when you're in a storm, stop trying to find understanding or to make sense of what God is doing. And this is actually a key in learning how to practice radical acceptance. Remember, storms are opportunities for a promise and a provision for you. You will be upgraded if you stay focused and obedient to Christ. This is exactly what happens for Joseph. With that being said, let me ask you, do you seek God's wisdom before you move? Matthew 1 verse 20 reads, But after he, Joseph, had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, descendant of David, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child who has been conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. Dreams can function as a way to convey God's message to people. Perhaps you've had one the angel who appeared to joseph was one of god's messengers sent to correct joseph in dealing with mary notice and this is really important to notice notice the angel called joseph the son of david which signified joseph joseph's role in this divine event people forget that joseph was actually royalty had things played differently um i can't remember there's this like one at a high level technically joseph would have been king had, I think, Herod or something not taken over the line. I forget the history of that, so don't quote me on it. But theoretically, Joseph was in the lineage for king, but things, things changed. Nonetheless, there's royal blood there. The angel explained he was to take Mary as his wife, for the child was to be in the royal line of David. The only way for this to be established was through Joseph. Joseph. The angel encouraged Joseph not to be afraid to take Mary as his wife, nor of the social repercussions. The angel even reassured Joseph, confirming that Mary had not committed a sin, but explained that, to, that the child was conceived by the Holy Spirit. He had reassurance. He actually did get understanding to a degree. So God will provide that, just not always. The angel explained to Joseph the prophecy that would be fulfilled and what to name the child. When Joseph woke up, verse 24 tells us he did exactly what the angel of the Lord commanded. Joseph had been faced with a difficult choice after discovering Mary was pregnant. Very difficult, very painful, very emotional, right? I mean, ugh. But what do you do when you are faced with a difficult choice? What do you do when you're in a storm? What do you do when you start getting consumed by, oh my God, what are they going to think? The fact of the matter is, Joseph knew taking Mary as his wife could be potentially humiliating. It could have, in a way, socially destroyed his life. Yeah, think about how like small towns were back then. I want you to take a second and really put yourself in Joseph's shoes. If you've been cheated on, or if you're lover has ever kept something from you or done something that could potentially humiliate you. Really leverage that to put yourself in Joseph's shoes and consider also the Jewish tradition of marriage as well and the significance of it all. Can you imagine the persecution that he potentially was going to receive? Most people would be concerned about what others were going to say. I think we could agree with this, right? However, Joseph... He chose, and that's important for me to emphasize, Joseph chose to obey the angel's command to marry her. It was really God's command, but he chose to obey it. You always have a choice. Always. Joseph didn't hesitate to follow God's instruction once the angel came. The decision no longer became difficult when Joseph chose to obey God. And here's the thing. Decision's need not to be difficult when you choose to follow God and be obedient. He kind of makes a way, right? Joseph's decision reveals four admirable qualities that we need to have when we make decisions. Number one is righteousness, and we read this in Matthew one nineteen. Number two is discretion and sensitivity. We also read this in Matthew 1.19. Third is responsiveness to God, Matthew one twenty four, And lastly... In Matthew 1.25 is self-discipline. We could also translate this into more of a sound mind. Joseph broke tradition and went against the world's way. That was the the tradition. And he chose to follow God's way. And look what happened from him doing that. Like, praise God he did that. He took Mary as his wife, even though she was pregnant, and the customary one-year waiting period had not passed. So they hurry up that marriage, okay? They had a shotgun wedding. Just kidding, I don't know. But I thought that was funny. Joseph chose not to be afraid of the social stigma. He chose not to be afraid of the gossip. He chose not even to ponder the what ifs or think about the persecution. Instead, he decided to follow God's command in marrying Mary and caring for her in pregnancy. He was obedient and he quickly took the initiative to be obedient. What is God asking you to do that may go against social norms? Maybe it goes against your company's policy. Maybe it goes against your, I don't know, your friends. Is God asking you to do something that goes against the world's way? Are you going to choose to obey and trust God or choose to find favor in the world? You need to understand it's not binary. There is no lukewarm here. And God spits out lukewarmness, just heads up. If you are going to choose to accept the world's way of doing things, then that means you are for the world, which means you are against God. And there are verses in John that talks about this. I can't remember off the top of my head. If you are going to be for the world, you are against God. I don't know about you, but I don't ever want to be against God. And I do things all the time that makes me fall short. And I'm working to iron that stuff out with God. My goal in life is to hear, well done my faithful servant when i when i when i get to really meet jesus on that day it can be terrifying to step out in faith and do what god is asking you to do it can be especially terrifying when you're also semi or mostly focused on what the world's going to say this is why peter sank and it can be especially terrifying when it doesn't make sense to you or it 100% goes against the world's standards if you're type A and you really like understanding, it can be disheartening when you do not know or fully understand God's plan. But if that resonates, then it's just an opportunity for you to grow stronger in trusting the Lord, which is totally worth it. Sometimes God will reveal all of it, like, like we see he did with Joseph. And then other times he will only tell you the next step in his plan. And that next step might be like a centimeter in front of you. You have to remember God's way is always going to be different. It's always going to be opposite of the world. Maybe I won't use absolute language, but typically it's going to be different and even opposite of the world. Perhaps people will judge you. I want you to really consider this for a second. Someone's going to judge you. Honestly, who cares? Who cares if they're going to judge you? There's nothing you can do to stop a person from judging you. It is fully out of your your control. And aren't people going to judge you regardless of what you do? I learned this in my 20s, in my early 20s. People are going to judge me no matter what I do, so I'll just do me. What I've also learned is people who are judging you do not typically have the knowledge, direction, task, or understanding that you do. And we also see this. Joseph had divine insight that nobody else had. Are you really going to let another human who is stupid, who's not much different than an animal, Stop you from doing God's will for your life? Let me have an extreme comparison. That's like letting a raccoon stop you from doing God's will. There is a verse in the Bible, I can't remember where it is off the top of my head, that says humans and animals are not very different. So when you let another human stop you from doing God's will because you're so afraid what they're going to think or you care so much about people, just, just imagine for a second that you're allowing a raccoon to stop you from doing what you need to do. Hopefully that makes sense. I had an encounter with a raccoon once in the daytime, and it was kind of interesting because I was like, do you have rabies? Do you not have rabies? But nonetheless, I didn't let it stop me from doing what I needed to do, which was bring my trash can up my driveway. Please don't let an animal stop you from doing what God's asking you to do. I hope you find that humorous, but also insightful. Again, groggy. Now, maybe you are not having an angel appear to you in a dream telling you precisely what to do, telling you the full picture plan. Nonetheless... I think we could agree, especially if you are like a toddler in Christ or, or older in your walk with Christ, that you know when God is asking you to do something. I really believe when you know, you know, hopefully that makes sense. If you are not there, then praise God. This is an opportunity for you to get more into the word of God, for you to join believers. You know what? The kingdom impact accelerator, mastering the mind of Christ would be perfect for you too, because this is an opportunity for you to grow closer to God. So if you're curious about Kingdom Impact Accelerator, Mastering the Mind of Christ for High Performers, make sure you schedule a time to chat with me. I'll put that link in the show notes. We have to grow our ability to hear God so that we can be more obedient, and that all comes from learning the Word of God. This was supposed to be a short episode. It's not. I'm almost done, though. Sometimes being obedient and following God can be confusing and extremely unclear, and you're like, how is any of this going to make sense? And you're like freaking out. In those moments, do you continue to seek God's wisdom and guidance, choosing to be obedient to what he's asking you to do, even if it even though if it makes no sense? You know, maybe he's asking you to make macaroni salad and he wants you to pour, I don't know, sh- like a cup of sugar in it. And you do it. And for some reason, it makes sense after you do it. Or do you do what the world's telling you to do? Yes, sometimes it can be a bit more confusing and unclear. When we don't have the whole picture, it can cause us to freak out, especially when you don't fully trust God. But in those moments of when you're kind of unclear, you're a little confused on what's happening, you're not really sure in the direction, do you continue asking and seeking God's wisdom and guidance? Choosing to be obedient to what he's telling you to do, even if it doesn't make sense? Or do you do what your flesh in the world tells you to do? What God is asking you to do will make sense at some point, I promise you. And I promise you it's going to be bigger than just you. It's going to have more people involved than just you. And it will be for the kingdom of God's benefit. However, it may not make sense to others for quite a bit. And that's okay. Sometimes the best thing we can say to people who don't understand is nothing. Because it's not your job to convince someone of what God has told you. It's not. It's not your job to have their peace. It's not your job to get their blessing. If God is telling you to do something, do it. Noah didn't have anybody's peace or blessing. It's between you and God. Your job is to be faithful, is to be obedient, is to be a good servant and move. The best question you can ask yourself is not what will they think, but what does God want me to do and when do I need to do it? If you like today's episode, please share it with one person. I asked you to write me a review on Apple. It really helps my show's ranking and just getting the word of God out there and how we can grow in the mind of Christ. I need to update some art, but I'll be doing that soon for my cover. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. I hope you got a new perspective on, you know, what will they think and really what's most important to think when that question pops in your mind. With that being said, let's close in prayer. Father God, Help me only to do what you want me to do. Father, I only want your will to happen in my life. Allow me to be in alignment to that will and renew my mind and my heart in every area that is out of alignment to you. I know sometimes I care about what others think of me, but I don't want to be that way, Father. Help me to only care about what you think and what you say. Help me to become more obedient, more of a steward, and more of a server to your kingdom. Help me to see myself and others as you see them. Help me to cherish everyone like babies. Thank you for your love and your kindness. Thank you for never giving up on me and always redirecting me to your will. I pray that you continue to raise me up to be bold like Joseph, meek like Moses, and courageous like David, and loving like Jesus. Thank you for all that you do for me. May your will be done. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm rooting for you. God bless. Have an amazing Christmas. And remember, what really matters is not presence. It's the fact that Jesus was born. God bless. I'm reading for you.